0: The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. The Leadership Hour.
1: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. It's actually the Legal Hour. It's not the Leadership Hour. It's fine. Um, Our technician will remedy that in a few minutes. Um, yes, so it's a legal hour and as usual um, firstly I want to Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to all the listeners and shukran uh, for tuning in to 91.3 Voice of the Cape um, I have with me this evening, Faisal Bardin. Assalamualaikum Faisal. Assalamualaikum Salaam. and to all the VOC listeners out there. And I have a very special guest tonight. Uh, we're always talking about empowering the youth and tonight we have youth in the studio. We um, have uh, somebody that is still busy with her articles as people used to call it they now prefer to call themselves candidate attorneys it's a bit acquire as some to say you articles so yeah Candidate attorneys, none other than Anika Isaac. Assalamu alaikum. Anika. salam and salam. To all the
2: listeners.
1: Okay, Anika, speak a little bit more into the mic and then uh, we can hear you nicely. When as by it is radio and they can't. So you're going to have to speak up a little bit. Okay, <laughs> okay. so tonight, uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, uh, we're going to talk about mosques, you know, and... Uh, we're talking about governance you know in those mosques, and what happens to the committees, what happens to uh, you know all the different processes what's the function of uh, of committees what's the function of the imamat, um, the different uh, roles that, that that the committee has to play, how a committee comes about if we have time we're going to look at some of the conflict situations that occur and i mean there's a lot of conflicts uh, that we normally have in masjids you know when people um, don't agree on things and the only reason why people have conflict is because processes are not in place they don't have a common vision they don't have common aims they don't have (coughs) common objectives so when you have common uh, vision common aims common objections i mean Objectives. Then, of course, uh, you 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 work towards a goal, and then, of course, you need to choose an organisational structure, and um, that's how you get to your to your governance. And um, there's of course the um, direction that the committee must give. They must be effective. They should have sort of proper supervisory role, and of course, accountability and transparency. And these are all the things that we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, myself and and Faisal, fortunately, we have a lot of experience with mosque governance and structure and setting up structures for mosques. And, of course, uh, giving them an idea as to how to, uh, to, 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 to minimize or even eliminate conflict. And Anika, fortunately, Anika has been thrown into the deep end. Um, with regard to um, registering certain um, uh, I mean moving a, and Faisal is going to talk to this now which, I mean we, Anika is going to talk us through the registration of a trust how to actually form a trust and what's the processes that the masters offers etc etc <coughs> but Faisal maybe you want to kick off you know. And uh, what is the overall uh, situation currently especially in, in
0: mosques yeah, I think, as you mentioned in your introduction earlier on, um, you know, over the years that we've been practicing, we always offered our services to the mosque, and I can, you know, gladly say that, um, you know, those services were very much welcomed by various types of mosques uh, not types of mosques, various types of uh, um, committees within the moss structures and um, we could assist where we can and um, I think uh, you know um, that is something we don't normally talk about um, in the public uh, domain, but yes, we are there to assist where we can assist. Uh, we can't solve, we can solve all the problems, but yes, we we, we try our best when it comes to the the mosques and not just about committees, about other things. And I specifically normally, you know, deal with the property matters, <coughs> by the way, the um, ownership lies and uh, management and etc. So, uh, you know, over the years we've been. We've been doing that and assisting as much as we can, um, and you know what we found. You know when you deal with these matters, when you find that uh, many a times, especially the mosque, the the building, the structure, is registered either in a name of a individual community or individual, uh, or an individual, uh, or in a name of a constitution. Mm. or in a trust um, we never come across being registered in a uh, company, a company or CC or any of that sort mm. uh, but i mean that's that's good in the sense that it shouldn't be registered in those entities mm. as such so and and with different types of entities there comes different types of challenges as such and when you mentioned in a person's name um, we, we discovered that in certain instances is that um, the property would be left to many years ago would be left to the most trusted person whether it was the Imam or whether it was the elder at that point in time and it would get registered in that person's name and that person hold the property in his name as trust.
1: Okay, Faisal, I just want to stop there for a second and maybe just, just give, you know, people an example that they know of uh, or that they've read about, you know, and that would possibly be the, the Tanabaru. Yes. Uh, as yeah. land that has been given to the... To, to, to the. In fact, in the title deed, it was registered as the Mohammedan community, mm. like meaning yes. the Mohammedan community. Yeah. And of course, the, I mean, the only logical reason why it was registered in the Mohammedan community is because mm-hmm. the um didn't know who, that particular person mm-hmm. it, is, those two pieces of plot. Mm-hmm. But yes. the other pieces of plot was registered in people who had ancestors, mm-hmm. that was imams. And it maybe gives credence to what mm-hmm. you are saying that you know in most cases in especially in the time of, you know, many years ago
0: yeah.
1: where there was no structures. Back
0: to eighteen hundreds. Eighteen hundreds, yeah.
1: There was no companies or PTYs or trusts. So of course they trusted one particular person, the most trusted person mm. and and few generations later then of course everybody had forgotten mm. why it was in that person's name. Yes.
0: And and the the danger of that is that the descendants you know five you know generations, generations down later, down later mm-hmm. they wouldn't perhaps have the knowledge and the 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 reasoning for for allowing that person to hold the mosque in trust, and then obviously would say, listen in my." great 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 grandfather's mm. name and therefore he should have owned the property and therefore it belongs to him as yeah, a, but so I mean
1: and legally but they are absolutely correct
0: correct yes, yes yeah but that's that's the 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 the, 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 uh, the problem and the challenge that you'd mm. have or likewise if you said that the community of let's say cape Town or a suburb is uh, the owner of a piece of land and on the land is a mosque or on the land is a burial ground. You mentioned Tanabaro is a burial ground and that's in the name of the community and I've seen title deeds baking dating back to the 1800s where they said the land is held in trust in the Muslim community of this area and then they list a number of people who act as trustees but remember in the 1800s there wasn't a master's office who had a register where they registered the trust deed and held a um a library of all these trusts that didn't happen so the The number of people that's listed on the title deed, those are the trustees who acted as trustees and uh, took care of the building, took care of the land, etc. However, as those people passed on over the years, those people were not replaced. Yeah, You understand? Mm. And that becomes a problem or when the new laws came into being that govern and um, regulate uh, trust and things they never converted into a formal trust
1: yeah but Faisal look the the, you say the danger was that you know the the property was given to or even in, in a situation where somebody collected the money let's say they went to Saudi or they went to India or wherever and they come back with money to build a masjid and there was of course no uh, vehicle within which to put that and it went on to that person's name. Mm. And then, typically it should have been a waqf, like you know, and uh, so <coughs> basically an inalienable, an inalienable charitable endowment under Islamic law. And of course, because this government don't make provision for that type of uh, waqf, that uh, it went into a particular person's name and that particular person probably had a perfect understanding of what waqf is mm. and uh, that building that was donated or the money or the plot or the land or any other asset that in, in turn should have belonged to the Muslim community as a whole mm. in terms of that Waqqaf so but of course there was no and therefore there was Sometimes constitutions thrown up. My memory you want yes. to talk us through the constitution mm. and why the constitutions have, in a way, failed us.
0: Live from Cape Town, this is The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM.
1: The Legal
2: Hour with Irsan Higgins
1: And we are back with The Legal Hour with Faisal Bardin and uh, Anika Isaacs uh, sitting in on the, and we're chatting about uh, musks and musk and this is the type of topic we can talk about whole year and uh, we are obviously going to talk about it a lot more. But tonight is we're going to give a bit of an introduction. Faisal, you were saying why um, the constitution attached to a masjid and a committee is not maybe the ideal vehicle to for a wakaf to reside in.
0: I think look, the maybe the minimum required requirement can be the the constitution. It's not the ideal uh, um, vehicle. However, if it isn't a constitution and it's just registered in somebody's name or in the community's name loosely, you know, then the constitution would be a better option. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's the minimum. However the constitution um type of vehicle does come with these challenges, especially when you appoint members of a committee to manage the masjid and the properties also registered in that name of that constitution and something goes wrong, you know, even forbid that something goes wrong and um, they get sued. Then obviously they're going to cite the members of the committee, you know. in their personal capacities and you know that's a risk. So I mean,
1: that's obviously a big problem, you know, so, I mean I think a lot of committee members who's actually at their mosque and anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. they don't actually realize that they can yeah. be sued in their personal capacity. But if
0: there's negligence, um, I don't know. If mosques have uh, liability
1: insurance, yeah,
0: that type of thing. Somebody falls at the bus, somebody slips, and it's so easy
1: to fall in that facility. There's exactly. yeah. a piece so of soap or something. I mean, very yeah. really so easy if, to fall. If there's in.
0: negligence, and then obviously, you know, you've got this liability and this huge claim uh, against you. If um, you know, so 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 that's the constitution that you t- spoke about. Mm-hmm. It, I would say, that would be the minimum requirement, and. Um, Besides uh, being registered in the individual's name or just in the community's name, then the constitution uh, could work. However, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think it mustn't be a a simple constitution on one page. Mm-hmm. And there must be a uh, a well-drafted constitution um, that deals with each and every aspect of yeah, but, owning but, property but and managing it, property.
1: But it still doesn't get rid of a personal liability. No, it
0: doesn't, yes. Oh, so, so, so that's what I'm saying. So yeah. so that is the, it's because you, I can understand there's lots of uh, masjids that's probably operating out there in Cape Town or in South Africa that falls under the constitution. Mm-hmm. So. So I think sometimes the, the, even the committees need to go and see and do some deeds office searches on the properties and see how it is registered and I think some of them might be surprised to see how the property is registered. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the um, constitution the alternate one that Anikam mm-hmm. is going to maybe speak about as far as the registration process is the trust. Trust yes Yeah. So we've assisted many masjids with a with trust and a trust nowadays gets registered um, at the master's office, mm. as such. Yeah, um, and,
1: and, and I mean to give some examples uh, of, of of trust, you know, we, we that uh, of master that has converted to trust is, for instance, uh, the Unfuleni Masjid, the Al-Azhar Masjid, the Masjid in Pinelands. I mean, a, f- a good few others, which I uh, can't think of now. Anika, yeah. just, just before, we, we only got five minutes before we're going to break for Maghrib. So I want you just to get in here, you know, like, you, I know you've been very anxious. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, I guess it's sometimes uh, difficult to imagine yourself on the radio speaking to a lot of people, but it's like having a conversation in your lounge. Same thing. So just quickly, tell, run us quickly through. Um, we can obviously go a bit deeper into it when we come back, but just run us quickly through the process of registering a trust, just to prove to people out there that it's not such a difficult task.
2: Okay, so in order to register a trust, you will need several documents, one of them being the original trust deed. Trust deed will set out... Uh, and now, who
1: drops that trust deed?
2: trustees or the donor, or you could possibly have attorneys do so.
1: And Well, ideally, I would recommend that we probably get an attorney to do it, because, of course, then you have a proper structure and a proper wording for it. And
2: okay. in that deal, it will set out what are the powers of the trustees, delegation of powers, what is the purpose of the trust? But what is important about that is that each page of the trustee must be initialed and the last page of the trustee must be signed by the donor and the trustees. So,
1: the donor who is the donor?
2: That is the person who has control of the trust and has now decided to impart that control onto other t- people being the trustees.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, just stop
2: for a second
1: quickly. Faisal, the whole thing of an uses Latin term, was in like, OK, let me speak as in Afrikaans. In Afrikaans, people used to say Jaybonei or Pana A lot of times, people uh, donate a piece of land, and then, of course, the mosque builds on that particular piece of land. Can you just tell us who becomes the beneficiary of that improvement?
0: well the owner of the of the land is the um, you know whatever you build on the land belongs to the to the land, so the owner of the land would be the the rightful owner of the property itself of the building structure mm-hmm. so therefore it 's not wise to you know engage in such type of um, Transactions where there is a donation and a used donation to build the masjid and you still have the property registered in an individual's name. Mm -hmm. Separate to maybe the donor.
1: But that's why I want to just get back to, to 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 Anika's point. That you know the trust is maybe a good vehicle. Then, if somebody says, "Okay, here's a piece of land. I want you to build the mosque on it," yeah, isn't maybe the first uh, recourse of the trustees, whoever is the responsible people, to say, "Okay, let's put this piece of land into a trust."
0: Yes. What you know, do you think? So the first thing would be if there is somebody who is going to donate the land and there isn't a trust, you've the the uh, members of this. Um, mosques that they're going to create they should get together and say listen let's formulate a trust because remember you first have to register a trust before you can transfer the land into the name of the trust mm-hmm. you cannot transfer the land into a trust to be formed it's not mm-hmm. allowed in our law mm-hmm. so therefore they first have to formulate the trust it must be registered at the master's office then the donor comes along with his land and he says okay here's the land and they then should say to him okay Shukran, transfer the land into the name of the trust. There's going to be a cost involved mm. to transfer that land into the name of the trust. But even these, for the purpose of the masjid, surely we can consult uh, Muslim conveyances who can, you know, assist in, in with those transfers,
1: inshallah. Uh, Nika, um the nice thing about uh, putting it into a trust is that it falls under, the, um, under this act. Can you just tell us a little bit about the Trust Property Control Act uh, that it falls under? So, of course, there's regulation attached to it. You agree?
2: Yes, and in that way, you're able to regulate exactly what goes on in the Trust and it sets a standard.
1: Yeah, because then... Of course (laughs) there's there's a a national law attached to it and of course with it comes accountability, transparency and of course it sets out the, the, the rules and the regulations for when somebody is no longer a trustee and I'm assuming the Act covers all those aspects? Yes. Okay. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave it there for now. We're going to go for Maghrib Salah now. And uh, after, when we come back, we're going to go into more of the nitty-gritties of the actual registration process of a trust. And Faisal will obviously speak a little bit more about the desirability of an alternative vehicle instead of a constitution, possibly a trust. And maybe we can look at some of the other vehicles, but, I mean... Um, We've looked at these things for the past 25 years and uh, it seems like the trust is possibly the best route to go and so we'll focus on that and if there's any listeners who feel that you know that something better can be done, uh, we, we, we're listening if there's lawyers out there listening send us your comments and uh, we can maybe all put, put our heads together to get to a potential solution for any of those uh, mass committees and trustees who's, who's having problems and conflict at this point in time.
0: The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. Legal.
1: Hour with And we are back with the legal uh hour. see Nazim has joined us, our uh, Nazim, as technician, not in, as a guest in studio. Always nice to see Nazim here. Yeah? Um, I think he's probably one of the longest-serving um, staff members of the Voice of the Cape. Faisal, I remember around about 1997, he was already here <laughs> mm. when we started uh, doing programs on Voice of the Cape. It's always nice to see Nazim. I mean, uh, as technician. Okay, so now let's, Faisal. We spoke about the concept of constitution, and uh, what we, Mm. so I mean, can you continue with that? Yeah, and and, uh, the
0: alternative would be the trust, and uh, we spoke about um, the process uh, briefly, about the registration process of the trust, and how the trust would function, where somebody as a donor would donate and create a trust and trustees would manage and then the beneficiaries would be indicated or recorded in the trust as so the beneficiaries of the trust. You know, mm-hmm. So that is the in brief, you know, the type of vehicle that you would have. But I just wanted to come back to the wakaf thing that you mm-hmm. spoke about. So if there is people who want to donate, A land or donate money for the purposes of building a masjid on that land then the process would be for that land to be transferred into the name of the trust as such and obviously you know it gets registered at the deeds office in the name of the trust and obviously if there's any current mortgage bonds on that land, that bonds will have to be cancelled on date of registration in the name of the trust. Mm. So those are just, the you know, uh, things as far as the of. I just want to do, you know, um, mention next time.
1: Okay, now Nika, just coming back to the, the, the process, I want you to just take us quickly through the process in terms of now, now everybody has signed, everybody has take us to the master's office now, what happens there?
2: So at the master's office, you will go through past security and through to the place where all the boxes are and hand in your application in which they will then take it up to the trust level. They will determine whether or not they are happy with the trust, if any amendments need to be made. If there are any amendments that need to be made, they'll provide you with a document stating what the inquiry is and give you a reference number. You will then have the opportunity for two weeks to make any amendments to that document and then return them to the master's office.
1: Okay and then what happens then?
2: After that you will receive uh, letters of authority stating the names of the trustees who will then be given p- power to do so in terms of any um, activities of the trust.
1: And. Um,
0: Okay, so I think just uh, to add on to that, Mm -hmm. as far as the time frame, you can just mention the time frame as far as registration is concerned, because I notice the delay most of the time is when you request persons to give you information, whether it's their IDs or whether it's to to peruse the trustee, you know, that is where the time Mm. normally lapses, not Mm. the the submission of the document into the master's office, even though it does take a bit of time, but, you know, uh, prior to that, you know, giving the information, the parties going through the document um, and, you know, contributing to formalizing and concluding that document, there could also be quite a bit of time that lapses there.
1: Okay, now, Faisal, I mean, of course, as we, we normally have, you know, a lot of people, there's a lot of questions coming in now, and of course, um, I'm just going to read some of it, because, uh, you know, people always complain that we don't read their questions, and uh, we'll try to deal with it. Uh, one is, if the trustees don't follow the trust deed, what are the procedures then? Okay, that's the one question. And then there's another bigger question, it says yes, Alam, what happens? A few members of a certain community wants to build a mosque. They found a piece of land. The council says this land is suitable to build a mosque. Purchase price for the land is, it looks like 80,000 Rand. Okay, we don't have the money. We find the donor. He says, here's 80,000 Rand, purchase the land. He then walks away, never to be seen again. How do we register that land in whose name? Because we don't know who the donor is. Shukran. So, okay, so I'm assuming he gave the 80,000.
0: Hmm. That's what I just mentioned earlier. Yes. On. So, yeah. if that person came and he donates 80,000 mm-hmm. land for whatever person, whether it's for the to, towards the land, towards uh, purchasing the land, or towards building a structure on the land. Mm-hmm. You know, so that person donates the money for yes. the purpose. Mm. So if there is a trust that has been formulated and has been registered, that trust would have a bank account as well. Yeah, um, but
1: it looks in this case, some, look I hope that you didn't give this eighty thousand rand to, in, to somebody mm. to hold on to. And I mean even if he did and it's an honest person, then that's the next step. That then they need to, to register a, a trust and of course... Open a bank account.
0: And open the bank account. Yeah, uh,
1: but uh, just just to say to 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 the gentleman asking the question, you know, it it can't be registered in that donor's name, mm-hmm. and uh, and as Anika spoke earlier about the donor, uh, that will be the person whose name is at the beginning. Just just explain that quickly, Anika, the donor.
2: So the donor is the person who will provide what is necessary for the trust. In that you will need their identity document and they will also need to sign the trust deed as well and mm-hmm. impart any powers onto the trustees that they need to. Okay,
0: I Sarah, so I just want to yeah. clarify something for the listeners out mm-hmm. there. The difference between a person, as you mentioned in that question, mm-hmm. who donates money or donates land mm-hmm. compared to a donor in a trust. Yes. When you're creating the trust deed. You mm-hmm. understand? So it could be a, one of the Musalis who is an elder person and say he would be the donor as far as creating the trust. His mm-hmm. name is on there as a donor and the trustees he then nominates or they nominate who the trustee is who's going to manage the trust. The donor who gives physical uh, cash money or gives a piece of land could be a different type of yes, person. of course. And yeah. he gives that land in the name of the, the trust that is going to be formulated. Just Mm. for clarity.
1: Um, And then, of course, um, there's a few other... Just going back to that first question. The first question was, if the trustees don't follow the trust deed. we spoke
0: about the Trust Property Control Act. So there's one mechanism in there. As you know, there's accountability uh, under the Act. And then there's accountability in terms of the trust deed, um, where the trustees must act accordingly. So if they're not acting in terms of the Trust Property Control Act, and not in terms of the uh, terms and conditions or the functions of the trustees Mm -hmm. in the trust deed, then obviously they are acting outside the ambit, and um, yes, they could be reported to the master's office uh, for the. For their role in not complying. Not complying. Yes. Okay. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM Stereo. The Legal Hour with Ihsan Higgins.
1: And we're back with the Illegal Hour. I've got Anika Isaacs, uh, candidate attorney at Lin Attorneys, and I've got Faisal Bardin. Um, and we're talking about masjids, um, trusts, and uh, committees, and anything related to the problems and the conflicts, uh, that's it that you know that, that normally occur when there's a, a masjid committee and when things are not done in accordance with proper processes, you know, of course it leads to conflict. So we're talking about that conflict. Now I see uh Aneka this person now sends a message and he obviously didn't listen earlier on probably only came on on, on e now. Um or oh, we're tuned in now, and he's asking what documentation is required to set up a trust. Can you take us through that quickly?
2: Okay, so the documents that you will need is your original trusted, as well as certified copies. But,
1: but you must say that... Um, the trust deed must still be drafted. Yes, so because be A lot drafted. of people will get confused now with where must I get an original trust deed. That's a document that needs to be drafted. And it okay. will
2: be tailored according to yes. whatever uh, their needs are. Okay. So then they also need certified copies of their IDs the next set of documents will be the prescribed documents these documents can be found on the department of justice and constitutional developments website Mm -hmm. that being the trust registration application the beneficiaries declaration acceptance of trusteeship as well as an undertaking by an auditor if an auditor is required in terms of the trustee. and then the the last one would be um, paying of the master's fee
1: What's pra- the masters fee?
2: It is now currently sitting at 250 rand.
1: Okay, that's that's a nice number, Faisal. What does it cost nowadays to register a trust?
2: Well,
0: look, I mean, it varies because you know some people charge according to the time that they spend on formulating the trust, consulting with people, uh, lodging it at the deeds, at the master's office for registration, attending to amendments, attending to you know various things in order to get it registered so it's difficult to say uh, but uh, I know for family trust you can pay anything between 8000 10000 12000 and It depends are um, complicated you know is that's family trusts uh, these type of trusts that we're talking about to to today is, is not family trusts It's these um yeah. uh, you could call it maybe t- uh, charitable trust charitable um, so so it, it depends um, on the content and how long the person is going to be you know um, be dealing with that uh, document so i think for the committees who decide listen they want to consult an attorney they would upfront they would have to discuss listen what is your hourly rate what will give us a fixed rate as what is it going to cost to formulate and register the trust do that you know in the first consultation so you uh, know exactly up, what run, you're up about front yeah good. you know and obviously i'm pretty sure you'll get um, discounted rates also because it's it's for the masjid, yes. Mm.
1: So there you have it, uh, uh, the listeners, I mean those people that are involved with masjid. Faisal, this is not going to be our final program on this. I mean, I think this should actually be the form of a series. I think there's a whole lot of things that, you know, people would want to, uh, I mean, if I see the type of questions that's coming through, it, it says that, you know, there's a lot of problems out there. I think we're going to look at a lot of conflicts, conflictual situations. We're going to look at some case law. You know, in mm. fact, I think the biggest waste of money ever is when committees go to court with other committee members. It's the biggest, biggest waste of money. Mm. People could have resolved the, the, the issues by sitting down and looking at defined principles. Mm. And we're going to look at some of these conflicts. Yeah, I think uh, what's very important in that uh, uh, concept of Shura mm. needs to be
0: discussed because that's a very important concept when we deal with um, making decisions and dealing with disputes.
1: Yeah, so uh, to those people that uh, you're welcome to, to, to send in your, 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 your questions. You can now send after this, you can send it to the legal cafe on 082 two double three We'll try to then answer the questions on that chat. If not, then you want an appointment with myself, Faisal, or any other attorney that's connected to the legal cafe, we'll then invite you to come to that meeting. Faisal's going to give you your contact number for yeah, the uh, office. Contact office number um, 021.
2: Six eight three
0: three double five three. That's during office hours.
1: Okay. And uh, Anika, your contact number at Lenswatches attorneys? Oh two one,
2: double two four, double
1: zero seven one. Okay. Thanks for that. And uh, that's so On that note, uh, I want to say shukran to my guests, shukran to the listeners for giving us an opportunity to serve the Voice of the Cape ninety one
0: point three FM stereo. The Legal Hour with
2: Irsan Higgins.